What is up, everybody? Should I say it? Don't say it. Can I say it? Don't say it. Let me say it. Go ahead, say it. What is up, every? <laughs> From the hill, Sunday, March 11th. We got the date right this time. I know. I screwed it up last week. <laughs> I was so excited. I got my dates wrong. How about right that? Day, wrong date. Today's selection Sunday, Prof. Yeah, we we actually might be in studio when they come out with the uh, the teams. Well, there's a lot of talk going on right now. ESPN has their whole marathon thing going on all day when they talk about the games. But remember, a lot of the conference tournaments are, are finishing up as we uh, as we record here. So some of these teams still aren't locked in, and then that depends. What times the th- what times the show? I think selections like seven or eight tonight. Oh, I thought they did it at noon. No, no, they've got a conference tournaments to finish up still. ACC, a lot going on still. We're all gonna right. get into all that. Very well. Exciting day of sports news, sports talk, sports potting, and from the hill. And of course, from the hill. As usual. So real quick, uh, as always, we'll start with a little bit of housekeeping. We talked about Bridgeport Little League for you guys last week. Uh, We talked about us partnering with them. So I wanted to bring this up for everybody at the beginning. So the Little League, as (laughs) always, is run with volunteers, right? That's how these Little Leagues operate. So on Saturday, March 24th, Bridgeport Little League is asking for volunteers to come up to the park, uh, help clean up the park, help get the fields ready for opening day. So, you know, if you're around or you have time, uh, please come up and volunteer. I'll be up there at the park on Saturday with Scotty Dolgs. What park is this? Uh, Bridgeport. Up Bridgeport Little League. All the way up the hill, buddy. Oh, all, all the way, way up the hill. hill. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be up there. We'll be cleaning up. We'll be talking to the folks. Um, but, you know, helping the Little League get ready. We like to give back. And uh, this is a big deal because, again, these Little Leagues are run on volunteers. You know, people have to go up. need people to rake the fields, clean up the fields, get them ready for the season, which is starting soon. Baseball's here, Prof. I know you're is excited. That op- is it opening day? Are they playing no, games? No, no, no. It's just field cleanup. It's just field cleanup, yeah. Opening week will be the following week. So we'll talk about that, too. But, yeah, the, the 24th is an important date to remember. Cool. If you guys want to get involved, hit me up. Hit Nick up, hit the show up, hit Scotty Dogs up. We'll let you know all about it. You can come up with us and uh, help support the kids. You know, that's what it's all about. It's all about the kids at the end of the day. Yeah, Ryan Dolga needs to play on clean fields. <laughs> Nick's son. What's up, Ryan? So before we get into like the real content, I want to do our, our weekly Twitter uh, speak, right? So if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at JRIP18. That's two Ps. He's, <laughs> at, he's at Nick underscore Buha. So last week we did our first ever Twitter poll, right? We talked about on the show, we were going to throw up the poll about the beer and diapers party. Uh, Prof, did you happen to see the results of that poll? No, I didn't check into it. Did you see it? I got it. So it was a 50-50 split right down the middle. With like seven votes? With with <laughs> No, we actually had 10 votes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, 50-50 split. And the great thing about Twitter polls, which is funny, is that you can't tell if people are being serious, they're trolling you, or both, right? You don't know if like people are voting the other way just to troll you. Just you can only <laughs> go by the votes. That's it. So the people have spoken, and by 50-50, it's not a violation. We're going to have to side. Tie goes to the runner. Yeah, I... Um I come. I came around to the beer and diapers party. Yeah, it was good. It was a fun. It was a fun time. It's just a way to get out of the house. You know what? I was going to try and do, but I don't think uh, uh, the person who was holding the party would have been too uh, impressed. We were going to try and make like a diaper pyramid and then take a big, <laughs> the diaper pyramid. A diaper pyramid, huh? Yeah, yeah. Stack up all how the many, diaper boxes. How many beers did you consume? Um, well, you know me. Day. You know me. I'm I'm a I'm a modest type of guy. Just a couple couple uh, cold ones for couple the boys. Pops. Couple pops. You know. Other oh, thing, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. 
Johnny Manziel. That's where I'm going. I put you on there. Yeah, buddy. So another thing, big thing happened on Twitter with uh, Johnny Manziel. So he entered into the Twitter beef with Michael Rappaport and Barstool, and this got heated quick. I mean, that, is that guy really fired? That escalated quickly. Oh yeah, he's done. But you that, think so? So Nick, what Nick's going to allude to here is: so you think maybe they're trolling everybody, and he's yeah. not fired? And he, you know, it's a good point. They I think be. he is. I think he's still. He's still. Why? Why else would they make it public and make such a joke about it you on think, all yeah, the podcasts you, that they do? Right? You think it's like just a ploy? Like yeah. it's a? Uh, I don't know. They would catch a lot of flack for that, bro. No, nah, I don't think so. That's what they do. They make stuff up. True. Well, yeah, their content. They're funny. Their they content's do, all over the place. They do whatever stuff. they want. But so the part that's really kind of crazy is. Uh, Johnny and Michael Rappaport start going at it, and Rappaport starts ripping into Manziel about his substance abuse issues in the past. And uh, it was pretty rude. I'm not going to read any of the tweets just because they're uh, they're a little little gruesome. But uh, wait a second, you you said the most gruesome thing on this show ever two weeks ago. I I don't ever <laughs> say anything like that. No, uh, I did I did see them. Uh, that they're also trolling each other. It's yeah, all fake. They're trolling each other. All it's back all and fake. Forth. Everything on Twitter's fake. Hashtag fake news. Yeah. So everybody I follow on Twitter, they put fake things out. So now I am just in the mode of just everything is fake until I could see it with my own eyes. Okay. So Nick Nick's Nick's falling full into the Twitterverse here yeah. about fake newsing and fake. Tw- Are you fake tweeting? Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel's on board. Michael Rappaport's on board. Hashtag Barstool Nation. Barstool's on board. The stoolies are all on board. Yeah. I disagree. I think, I think they're going after him hard. I think they want to kill his career. They put all those shirts out. I mean, would you appreciate if I printed FTH shirts with your face with a clown nose on it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're in, you have that in the works with all the swag that's been with coming the, out. With the clown nose on you. Has, has anybody inquired about the hats? Dude, the hats are almost all sold up, yeah. literally. Like, I've got to order more. I've got to put in a whole new order because everybody's got the hats already pre- pre-ordered. Here they are right here. Coach T wants a hat. Coach T wants a hat? Yeah, get Coach T a hat. Coach T wants a hat? I'll hook him up. Yeah. Right. So, uh, also, some more swag coming in this week. I got magnets coming in. So, uh, yeah, if you want magnets for your fridges, I got everything. If you guys want something <laughs> from the Hill, just hit me up. I'll take care of you. Yeah. Let's not focus on the show. We're going to focus on, on the swag. That's it. The well, look at a cool logo right there in front of you. Wow. It's all. I- <laughs> so, one thing I wanted to bring up, Nick and I talked about a couple weeks ago, and people uh, really liked the car talk that we've done, Nick, when we talked about manual and we talked about the four Broncos. Really? Yeah, they were all into it. So, one thing that I wanted to bring up to everybody, because I like to do this. So, actually, this week, I found a Ford Bronco, right? I saw it and uh, I had a, some of my connections. I had to inquire to the owner about the Bronco. And I want to tell you this hogwash. Talking about Wait, wait news. a second. You, re- you inquired about a Bronco, like, seriously? Oh, 100%. Like, to seriously buy it? I, absolutely. 100%. Ooh, that's so weird. I'm going to tell you the story. You already have three cars. Uh, well, yeah. I, who, I can need another one. <laughs> <laughs> so I inquire about this, right? And the guy, this is what he says to through the connection that I had had the inquiry through. He says... Oh yeah, well you know I really wasn't looking to sell it, but um I actually had somebody offer me eight grand cash for it and I turned it down. Uh, but yeah, if uh, if Jack wants to make me an offer for it, tell him go ahead. So this comes back to me and I'm going eight grand. I was going to offer you like three or four, and if you turn down eight, which by the way is total malarkey, right? Nobody <laughs> offered this guy eight k for his freaking Bronco. Stagnant malarkey. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. So this guy isn't selling it. And how did you find it? All right, so it's it's actually it's parked on the street. I drove by it, 
right? And uh, I, I left a note. You just, not, you just left a note on the car? Yeah, I did. Well, I've, so I've passed it many, many times. It's not far from my house, but I've never seen it move. And I actually know the owner or someone knows the owner of the home where it's parked out front of. Right. So I left the note, but I inquired to this person to talk to the owner and, and it wound up that it was his actually. But the thing never moves. And yet he's saying he got offered eight grand for it and he didn't take it. It's a little ridiculous. What's the mileage? I don't know. I don't know the mileage. Seems important. It's in really good shape, like outside. It doesn't move. And I looked. Well, well, yeah. But see, that's not a good thing with vehicles. When we talk about vehicles, <laughs> cars are meant to move, man. Remember when I had my Jeep, my orange Jeep Wrangler? <laughs> the, I thought you still had it. No, I, I sold the Jeep like a year and a half ago. I had that thing for fifteen years. But that's a pretty good run for a vehicle. Yeah. But when what happened with it, what actually ended up making me sell it is because I had really stopped driving it a lot. Right. And dude, I would come out every two weeks and there'd be like oil leaking or the battery would be dead. Like vehicles, have, you've got to move them. You can't just let them sit because that's when they start to have problems. So why do you want this thing then? Well, I want to restore it. I, I, want to, I want to hook it up. The cab comes off the back. The hard top comes off. It's in good shape. I would get it painted. The interior is good. But the important thing when you're looking, here's, here's knowledge for you. When you're looking at these older vehicles, the real important thing is the floor and the frame. Make sure none of that's rusted and i checked that out underneath and it's all in good shape so that's important it's intense is is it white no no it's not it's not white what color is it it's maroon it's two-tone mm. you know those old like two-tone broncos it's maroon wood paneling no it, it kind of that style though like it could have the wood paneling in wood the middle chuck? where it's the, yeah, the, the maroon and silver i would paint it buyer colors. buyer beware stay that's, away yeah that's what it is i still want one if anybody has a connection to a bronco who's not going to tell me they were offered eight grand craigslist i've i've looked see that <laughs> i've looked get on the internet dude. i'm, I'm out looking there. i'm on the interwebs bro hit me up all right ready for some sports content buddy yeah what are we getting into we're gonna lead with the nfl oh all right It was a cold day, and Chuck Bednarik was, what, I don't know. Johnny Unitas back to pass. Who, na- who narrates these things? Oh, uh, it's uh, Sabo from the NFL Films. He's great. Him, His father started it years ago. Didn't he die? His father did, but then his son took over, yeah. And he narrates them? They don't do this music anymore. Yeah, oh, sure they do. Really? It's a classic. Classic NFL Films. I don't know. So what we want to start with the NFL, uh, we've talked about it last week, but some there was some developments after uh, we talked about the Combine. So a couple things we wanted to cover at the Combine. First, the trumpets. A notable 40 time was ran uh, yes. this week. So it was Troy Apke. He's a safety from Penn State. He ran himself a 4.3540, which is incredible speed-wise, right? But that might not be the most surprising thing about this 40. Nikki, go ahead and uh, go ahead and share with us the uh, the clip from Troy Apke's 40-yard dash. What, what I'm saying, what is Fitzpatrick and a guy like Darren J, they don't need nobody to be successful. They're going to be successful no matter what from the minds of Mike Mayock and Dion and Rich Oh man, he can run. Why are you surprised, Dan? Oh, you know why I'm surprised. I can't say it on TV, but he can run, run. Why was he surprised? <laughs> he was a track guy. Right. The white bull. He was a track guy. <laughs> but, but you're saying it with an you don't tone. That, I mean, you're saying it with a tone. Is he wrong? Is. Not wrong. <laughs> like that. Yeah, we're allowed to say it. We're white. He goes on and on. Go hug him. I'm going to hug him. I'm going to hug him. Dion's great. Hey, man. That was good, man. <laughs> 
You can run, run. Yeah, it's no he can run. Two hundred pounds. Well, listen. Th- this is why they have. This is why they have Dion on because he he just likes to say funny stuff. Well, and I, remember, Dion ran. Were you? What are you offended by that? I, I love it, actually. I mean, look, we joke about this all the time, but there's actual reality in the jokes. Like, when's the last time you saw a white guy run a sub four four forty? Or like, or like dunk over three people right like it's just something that you don't see a lot of and so Dion, being one of the guys who ran he ran like a 4-1 or something outrageous right yeah he, he was so impressed he's on the field and then you heard his reaction so do you know about do you know who that kid is troy Ap- yeah he's a safety from penn state all right so but he's a safety but he, he runs track and stuff too where is mm-hmm. he where is he going in the draft i don't know is he gonna play in the nfl i th- yeah i think so he'll be a late fourth fifth sixth round pick for just because sure. of his speed alone. sure and i think te- a lot of teams are going to look at him as like Punt a returner and a nickel cover corner I don't think he's going to play safety. He's a little undersized. Maybe play safety, but you never know. This is two fifteen. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm getting close. Are are you? I thought you were. I thought it was. I was down. I was. I'm down. I was down like thirteen, and then I'm back up have six. You, have you been? It's, a, it's very. Have you been doing the numbers? You know, Coach T, and and you got a lot of fans for the I'm numbers. I'm ninety eight right now. Nine, okay, so you're under two bills. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, as long as I stay under two bills, I think my ACLs will stay in place for at for, least one more softball? spring season. What's the target for you? I never asked you the target. I don't really have a target. I used to have a target. You can give me one. Well, that, and it maybe be motivation. Sure. Well, if we put it out to the listeners, right? Well, so that maybe I can stop being a, a I, fat piglet. <laughs> I t- well, I I got you a, a chicken salad hoagie, but you asked <laughs> yeah. for mayo, With mayo and Swiss, and but, it was gone quickly. Yeah, but That's well, it was a shorty. It wasn't a, it wasn't a foot longer, so you're fine. Shout it. Well, I was talking a lot of this week actually about like size and weight because I'm down a bunch because this week I got off a of pre workout and creatine, so I Ooh. lost like seven pounds. I'm down around 180. But it's it's good because that stuff bloats you, man. You just hold a bunch of water like that stuff's bad for you. And you take those new pre workouts and your heart beats out of your chest. It's bad. Just take a five hour energy. I I just been drinking coffee before I go. People are looking at me funny. I'm walking around the gym with like a twenty ounce Wawa coffee, but it's better. I totally see you doing that. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, that's me. I don't care. Gym bag? No, no bag. But gallon oh, of gallon of water. Old all those uh, large chalk. the large t shirts. Lots could, of yeah. chalk. LeBron style, <laughs> all those old uh, country sports leagues T-shirts that that Coach T got rid of the Lars. I ripped all the sleeves off of that. Mom just sleeveless uh, wandering totally. around the gym. Yeah, you a different color for each day. Oh yeah, pink, yellow, you, green. You have certain colors based on what your workout is that day. Or my shorts. Triceps day is red. Chest day is blue. Pink, pink for chest day. Yeah, you, yeah. You would do that too. I see that totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, that's how we do it. You know, I like to match my colors. Nice. So other other um, some uh, combine stuff. Notable combine guy. And this guy There's actually, a couple notable things. This going. guy I really wanted to talk about. And actually, I had a heated discussion with our FTH correspondent in Wisconsin, Tom Nugent, this week about this guy because of how special he is. So I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name is Shaquille Griffin. He is a linebacker for UCF. No, that's his brother. No, no, no. He's Shaquille. No. Oh, sorry. You're right. His brother his brother Shaquille. He's Shaquille. Yeah. Shaquem is a linebacker for UCF, and I actually knew a lot about him before this because UCF is a Florida team, and I listen to Lebetard's show a lot. I really like that show, and they had him on a couple times. So he, before I talk about what's so interesting about him, he had an impressive showing at the Combine. This is a linebacker. Let me give you his size. He's 6'1", 230. He ran a sub 4'4". He ran a 4'3", which is extremely impressive for a guy his size. Right? I know. How, I mean, how much – do you put on the like forty times and stuff? Like that? All these guys are fast, right? True. And it doesn't really matter how fast they run in, in the shorts and stuff like that. But I think for him, it's so impressive because he's dealing with a little bit extra, and that he doesn't have a hand. That's right. And 
it's just it was just good to see him get some light shown on him right. for doing the things that he's been doing at, That's at, right. UCF. at UCF. So here's the thing about him at UCF. So what, what Nick alluded to with his brother, so his, his twin brother Shaquille plays in the NFL. He's a cornerback for the Seahawks. He also played at UCF with him. Which is very rare nowadays to be a cornerback for the Seahawks. Yeah, we're going to talk about that too. A lot of <laughs> transactional stuff going on. But so uh, some of Shaquem's stats, he was a second-team All-American this year. And he's a two-year running first-team All-AAC player. He's a very good player. And I've seen a lot of him. As you guys know, I was on board with UCF. So I watched a lot of UCF this year and I saw him play. And to me, he's an NFL talent. But Nick brings up the point. The, the kid's missing a hand. And so the story about his hand is almost as interesting as the fact that he plays high-level football without a hand. Did you hear the story about how he lost his hand, Nick? No, nah, but it was when he was like four. When he was four, yeah. So he was born uh, as a twin, obviously, identical twin to his brother. But when he was born, uh, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his left hand. And oh. So it made a lot of issues for him growing up. And actually, his mother tells a story when he was four. It caused a lot of pain for him. He actually went into the kitchen and got a big knife and was crying and told his mom he wanted to cut it off. So they decided that the best course of action would be to amputate it because it was so painful and the nerve damage he had. And doing that at a young age has given him the ability to adopt and and he's such a great athlete. You just get like, you grow up that way and you just get like so much tougher than everyone else. Yeah, I think so. And and what I talked about, so this is what I talked about this week because we talk about like where do we think this kid's going to get drafted, right? And he's definitely going to get drafted in the NFL. He's an NFL talent. Yeah, he absolutely should. He's going to get drafted. He should. But – for defense, it doesn't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Good. So Nikki's straight man, and as always, what I was talking with Tom about this week is we talked about playing defense without a hand, and what he equated to was almost a, like playing with a club, right? If a guy on defense, that's what I was going to say. His arm. How many guys do you see w- with, with the club? this humongous? Which I think that's really dangerous, <laughs> right? But see, for him. Because I've seen him catch a ball. They, they showed him throwing a ball to combine. A lot of he catches every ball that's thrown to him because this is a kid. <clears throat> if, you, if, you get your, if you break your hand, right, and you get it clubbed, now you're playing with a, with a disadvantage because you're used to playing with two hands. This kid's been playing football since he was five years old with one hand. So he's used to tackling, stripping the ball, catching the ball, using his like nub, for lack of a better term, right, and the other hand. So to me, it's different than playing with a club. It's, a much, it's not like playing with a club because he can use that as almost – it's not a full hand – but as, as a use of a hand, whereas I've never seen a guy with a club make an interception. <laughs> no, I think he's, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, so It's I, the same as using the club. Yeah, he's, well, he's looking like late third, early fourth round pick, but he's definitely a guy to keep your eyes on because he's, he's, he's a, a very steal. impressive athlete. And he lifted. Yeah, he did. He, he repped for, uh, 225 20 times. He did it with a prosthetic hand. Yeah. That's how he, how he worked out. That was pretty cool, actually, to yep. watch. Him, uh, Saquon, obviously, is freaking nature. We talked about him a lot. Yep. Um, yeah, these guys are these guys are insane. Yeah, but. and we're gonna do a lot more of the. We we talk some of the quarterbacks. We're gonna do a lot more in later shows. We're gonna do like a full quarterback breakdown. I know everybody wants to hear us talk like the full breakdown of the quarterbacks. You know, we've heard a lot of uh, Jackson talk, and everybody wants to know. You know, people are moving up and down draft boards. We saw this week uh, Kuiper's board came out, which was way different than McShay's, and he had uh, Darnold going one to the Browns. So we're gonna get into all that coverage. Not yet, right? We're not. We're not. Close well, they made some the moves, but but there'll be there'll be more of that to come. So, anybody else stand out to you at the uh, at the combine, Nikki? I didn't watch that much. No, of it. okay, no, I really didn't. Those those I just see the things on Twitter that yeah. come up, and those were the things that came up. Saquon being a freak, uh, Griffin, um, the kid Apke, just flying. Um, but I mean, no, those for were, the most part, I don't put too much stock in it. Well, to your question, to answer your question, I don't a ton, but to me, right. 
all I want to see is the guys run in that range of where they should run. And the funny thing was, because Griffin said to his coaches and the guys at the combine, he goes, what do you guys think is fast? And they said, well, for a linebacker, like 4-6. And he goes, that's not what I asked you, not for a linebacker. What do you guys think is fast? And they go, oh, like 4-4. And he comes out and beats that. When guys can run sub-4-4s, to me, that's really impressive because that's just ridiculous. Yeah, they're going to – but these times are going to keep dropping. I think they are. I think you've seen it over the years. Like every year there's a new record and it's just going to keep going that way. Well, we don't see a white guy running a 4-3-5. No, it's – it's like a unicorn. Um, what, what, you know, they do like lifts, they do jumps, they do, you know, running. What's the thing that you find uh, the most important? Okay, good question. So for me, I think it's different positionally, right? Because I like to see when the linemen do the agility drills. I don't care what a lineman runs for like 40-yard dash, right? What, when am I oh asking God, a lineman really, to Do you sprint? really watch them do this? No, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't care. But what I like seeing is the lineman's agility drills. I want to see how their footwork is, how they move. These are big, big guys. Well, that's like right? an actual football maneuver. That's what I'm saying. That's what's really football important to me maneuver. for linemen is that. And then for like cornerbacks, I like to watch when they have them run the four cone drills and then they have to backpedal. Yeah. Those are th- and, and rotate your hips, right? Those are things that are important for cornerbacks. I like to see who lifts the most weight. <laughs> I know you do. That's, that's interesting to you me. You were impressed when Cutler threw up like 30 did he? 25s. Oh, no, yeah. Brady Quinn did it. Cutler was a monster. Brady Quinn was a monster. Cutler was a monster. Cutler was a monster, dude. He had a big 225 day when he got drafted. Sure, it wasn't the bodybuilder Jay Cutler. No, it was the, it was the quarterback Jay Cutler. So that McCaffrey last year did 10, and that was a big deal. Yeah, well, he's not a big guy. I know, but you just think you'd get, be able to get more than 10. Huh. You train like so, the entire year. To well, do you know this. what's weird about that? You know, they have a similar thing at the NBA combine, um, but they don't do 225. They do uh, 50, 25 on each side. What's that? 45? 25 on each side? Yeah. Instead of 45. Or sorry. That's not. Or sorry. Um, they do. 40, probably one, just a they 45. Do a 25. On, they do 185. 185? Yeah. So that's. that's uh, 225. Yeah, it's a 45 play and, and then a 25. 25 Kevin Durant couldn't do it at all. Really? Not one time. Good for him. <laughs> he doesn't need to. Well, NBA guys, I mean that you know they're not they're not looking at beefy like NBA uh, yeah. football guys are. So I don't need Kevin Durant thing. to. I don't either. Lift I need him to stroke threes. Yeah, exactly. So and if moving to uh, NFL, a lot of transactional stuff going on. Um, and I was trying to keep up with it even today, but there's just a lot. You know, you got your veterans getting released, things happening. So I'm gonna we're gonna go through some of the top events here for you. Just Let me to, get on uh, camera. Yeah, get get on camera, Nikki, just so you can see kind of what happened here. So uh, I'm gonna lead with a, a big one. The Steelers slapped the franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell. Oh no. That's a big one. He talked about not playing for them if they did it again. What? So let me ask you, because the franchise tag is always a very highly questionable type of thing here when they make a player sign the franchise tag instead of giving him like the long-term deal. Yeah. What are your thoughts on getting tagged with the franchise tag? There's two sides to this, right? Starting on the front side, so he's not getting a long-term deal with guaranteed money, which at the running back position is always dangerous because these guys have such a short shelf life. However... He, this is his second year on the tag. He's going to make ridiculous amounts of money for one year for the position. Yeah, he just wants longevity and a commitment. I don't know. I know that's a terrible thing to say when you're supposed to give your opinion, but I'm not like one of these contract guys that gets into, well, the salary cap and the, uh, you know, they're over the luxury tax. I don't know. That's like a baseball term. Yeah. I, I don't really dive into it that much. I see where he's coming from, though. Because he went through this last year, and it was like, is he going to sit out? Now I think he's he's talking about sitting out again. But the question is, can he? 
can he turn down 13, 12, 13 million dollars? It's yeah, so I mean, much money. It is, but he's also made that much money and he's worth a lot more. He wants a team that's going to say, yeah, here's your contract for however many years you're looking for. We're committed to you. You are, and that's why they don't want to do it because running backs are one day they're here and then one, they're one play away from never playing again. And they fall off a cliff so quickly. And the, the, the thing is, what I don't get from like the managing of its side that you brought up with the salary cap is having somebody under a franchise tag hurts you really bad against the cap. So I, that's so much money to one position. I don't necessarily understand why you wouldn't go ahead and give him a four-year deal, give him his guaranteed money spread out over with the bonus and, and do that. You could give him a four-year deal, like 30, let's say 40 mil, and make 20 of it guaranteed, whereas this year you're going to give him 13 for one year? I don't know. I'm not a GM, but I've never been a huge fan of the franchise tag for the second year. Like Kirk Cousins got it for the second year because you get an exponential increase on how much you're going to get paid the second year that you get tagged. It's ridiculous. The whole thing makes my head hurt, and I don't have the attention span to <laughs> follow the salary caps and the franchise tagging. I, I know who's on the free agent market. I know who's out there and looking for big deals, but... I don't know what's the what's the motivation for Pittsburgh to do that. I just think that they're thinking because the way running backs are that they don't want to have him locked up for four years. Yeah, they they, they just want to get that year, next year, two years. And the thing with Pittsburgh, I feel like, look, Ben is not a spring chicken, right? Their windows now. It, in two or three years, that team, when Ben's gone, they're going to be nothing. And so I, they don't want to have. I see them way down next year. They don't want to have the best running back in the league three years from now tied up on a huge deal when that team's under the decline. They're right. They're going to want to start building, rebuilding already. So. I see them way down next year. I think Antonio Brown's going to start on the back end of the hill. Um, I think that Ben's been. He's on the downswing. They're, these are all really good players. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to, you know, sound like. These guys are no good anymore, but there, you know, there there comes a certain point in a team's chemistry where everybody kind of gets to the pinnacle, and then you have to go down. Agreed. Juju Smith-Schuster, really good player, but you saw what Antonio Brown was when Ben wasn't there. Um, Ryan Chazier is not going to play, I don't think, next year. Oh, he wants to. That's a whole nother crazy thing, man. But I don't think he's gonna. And you saw what happened to them when he didn't. These are these are things where. They, maybe that's one of the reasons they need to start rebuilding some things. Totally. Um, we talk about this with the Eagles, right? Because people were saying, well, you know, we're going to be here for the next three, four years. I got news for you guys. That's not how the NFL works. You can't measure yourself against the Patriots who have managed to do this for, for 10, 15 years. That's not the norm. In the NFL, you get a window. You get a small window. And the Steelers are one of these teams that have hung around at the top for so long. There's going to come a point where they fall off. And these guys, Ben's not going to play forever. Like Antonio Brown's not going to play forever. These guys are going to start to hit that decline. And when they do, it's how quickly can you rebound in the NFL? Yeah, they're just on the downswing. And I just see that continuing next year. There's nothing really going for them. Um, I think the defensive thing is. Well, is their, defense, huge. their defense is in bad shape. And to your point, you saw how bad that defense because, was without Shazier. Because they were when horrible. they. Yeah, but when they were at the top of. When they were at the, the elite teams in the AFC. That it was based on their, a lot on their defense. Yep. And Ben making plays and scrambling, and he had solid guys. But you know, Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the league. But he 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 was able to make the plays enough to get the team over the top. So sure. the defense basically ran their team. Their offense kept them. 
Yes, they were a running team. Remember the, with the bus, and that that was they were a running team that Ben could then throw when he yeah. had to, and that's how it went. No, I agree. I agree with you. So, ton of more transactional stuff going on here. Uh, let's start with the Bennett brothers. So, the Eagles go ahead and sign Michael Bennett to a contract. How do you feel about that? I think it's a good football decision. Yeah, agreed. And then the other stuff, I don't really care about. We caught some flack for that this week, didn't we? Yeah, it's a good football decision. Uh, how he continues to make moves and. I think it drew a lot of attention in the NFL world because the Eagles aren't necessarily just sitting on their hands and they're, they're not happy with what they did. They want to continue success, and uh, they started it kind of early this year in, in making some, some decent moves. Yeah, and as we just said, the time is now. You've got you've to attack this next season like you need to win another Super Bowl in the next two or three years because after that, all these – ancillary guys that you have your cornerbacks your defensive linemen they're all going to want inflated contracts and you can't keep it up that long so you have to attack it now yeah and he's definitely an upgrade from Vinnie Curry and you know yeah yeah you know, I think he's a great player so moving so Martellus Bennett the Pats released him I don't know what his health is remember he had that shoulder issue last year but he's yeah. still a premier tight end in the league I don't know if he is you don't think I don't think he is anymore I mean if you can't if you can't get it done with Brady he didn't have that great a year this year. Well, he only played a couple games, and again, it was that shoulder injury. Remember, the big thing with him, and that happened with the Packers when they talked about it, is the Packers brought him in and gave him that contract, but they were going after him for money back because he didn't disclose that shoulder injury. Yeah. And I don't know how he got through a physical. That's a whole other story, right? Yeah, but it happens quickly where this shoulder thing, that's the, it could be the end of your career. How, and, long, how long do you think you think Gronk retires? How long do you think Gronk can keep this up, man? Um, he's going he's gonna to play again. I got sick of reading articles about him retiring and going into the WWE and stuff like that, which <laughs> well, he's definitely going to do. That's going to happen. He's definitely going to do, but you don't turn down the prime of your career to do something goofy like that. Like I, I understand that he's got years and years to the do the concussions WWE. thing's a big deal. Sure, and he's dude, he gets beat up, man. He definitely does, but he's a big guy, but he gets beat up a lot. If he thinks that he's going to get into wrestling and not go through that, <laughs> yeah, those wrestling guys get beat up too, man. I mean, they they really do, and it's it's like flying off a top rope <laughs> yeah. you know into a table it's not it's n no better than no hit i mean in it's, the nfl it's fake but those guys put their bodies on the line every night yeah they definitely and do. it's a grind what people don't realize about wrestling and i don't want to diverge into wrestling too much but what people don't realize is you see them on tv like once a week but these guys are doing these house shows all over the country in between and all the stars got to show up they got to wrestle every day on top yeah. of your workout routine all that stuff so that yeah you're right gronk just wants to be he just wants to be seen he, I don't know if you saw his. Um, He's a giant kid. He did a thing on Showtime. It was a, he, he was did stand up comedy. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It was cringeworthy not a little sure. bit. He's not a great speaker. No, no, he's definitely not. But he's just up there telling these stupid jokes, and people were kind of laughing at him. He's just being, he's just being, he's gronk, just being gronk, like, gronk, taking gronk his shirt gronk. off, and yeah, just weird stuff. It was really, really weird. Yeah, he's but he's a giant. He probably made money doing it, sure. and he just he wants to be seen. Oh, yeah. I don't believe he's he's retiring anytime soon. So, more transactional stuff. This was a big one. The Seahawks released Richard Sherman, prof. And I think they should have. The Legion of Boom, no more. Yeah, because they they also see where this thing's going. You can't keep everybody forever. No, you can't. So it's, it's a salary cap sport. We're just talking about it. You can't hang on to these guys forever. Yeah. I I think it's a good move for them. Uh it's again money's involved now do you think do you think he's still a premier corner in the league I yeah mean, there's a lot of teams after him i saw he's visiting the niners the broncos i mean speaking of the broncos the broncos traded a keep to lead 
<laughs> to the Rams. So now that's their problem. That guy's that dude's scary dude. He's criminal written all over him. Sorry, I don't know him personally, <laughs> but like he's actually so one thing I wanted to say about Wait, to leave. So he's, he he listen, he tells this story on the Levitard show and it blew my mind. So if you've never heard Akib Talib, he came from an extremely rough upbringing, right? He tells a story about his grandmother shooting his uncle because he was, like, acting a fool at their house growing up. Like, literally, Big Mama, he called him, Big Ma. <laughs> Seriously, Big Mama shot his uncle. Shot him. The cop showed up, and she's like, what? He's trying to break in my house. Like, Big Mom shot his uncle. This dude's a rough dude. Honestly. He's a rough guy. There's, there's so many stories like that. In the in the NFL, these guys. Well, well we don't. It, it hardens you and it makes you tougher, and that's why they are the type of athletes they are sometimes. And what we think, I think, we take for granted a lot with these guys, even though like it gets covered, but it doesn't enough, is how hard of an upbringing a lot of these guys actually had. You know, they came from what we, we would call the ghetto, or like really low income, you know, just working class, or even worse situations. And these are real life scenarios for these guys. Like to hear of, about a guy telling a story as a kid that his grandmom shoots his uncle. Like that's pretty yeah, there's impressive, just, man. There's really a lot of stories like that out there. It's it's surprising, but at the same time, it's not that surprising. Yeah. So uh, I may miss some of the transactions, like I said, because I'm trying to cover them. Another the one Browns. That, yeah, the Browns. Well, the Browns trade to Sean Kaiser to the Packers. Yeah. You, you, that's how ho hum. Yeah, it's ho hum. Uh, everybody is on the Browns bandwagon. They're going to be in the playoffs this year. They're going to uh, compete in the AFC, and I don't see that at all. I totally agree. I mean, I, we're assuming they're not going to screw up the draft. Here's the thing about the trade of Deshaun Kaiser because they just spent a second rounder on him last year, right? It clearly then paves the way for one of these two picks that they're taking is going to be a quarterback, right? Has to be. Yeah, has to be. So if I'm them. Do you, do you go up and get do you get Saquon? Well, the question one? is, here's the thing. If you take Saquon 1, then you're leaving yourself at the whim of the next two teams, which is which is the uh, Giants at 2. Who, Giants at 2 who, will probably get a quarterback. If Saquon's not there, I think the Giants probably take a quarterback, right? Yeah. And then who's at 3? I think the Colts. Colts. They don't need a quarterback. They well, do they? No, they don't need a quarterback. So the Colts don't need a quarterback. So if you're the Browns, do you weigh that risk of the Colts either trading out because they don't need a quarterback, someone coming up to get one? I just love Saquon. I would take him first and just make sure that I get him. And then you have whatever is left over the quarterbacks. I really, I'm, I'm not like we were. I was discussing. I'm not sold on. I'm not sold on these quarterbacks. Are you? I like. You know, I like Rosen. I think he's an NFL. I think he's an NFL Pro Bowler, man. I think Josh Rosen's a great player. I think Darnold is the best of the bunch. Josh Allen's flying up the ranks, but who knows? So, I'm personally, personally I would take Saquon because I, I love him. Well, here's the, the the big argument is right to your point. I think it's we talked about this last week. It's hands down he's the best player in the draft. And so, if you're not going to take him one, and you're going to rely on a quarterback, you're giving up the best player in the draft. You're handing him to the Giants then if you don't take him one because the Giants are definitely going to take him two. Yeah, I don't see any way they don't. So, uh, yeah, that's tough. What are um, the Giants going to do at quarterback, though? Well, to your point, maybe they're not sold on these guys. And Eli, so you have think, Eli play one more year. Eli's done? They co- this was such a disaster for them. Th- that coach, that's your boy, McAdoo. 
What a clown that guy was. I'm going for his haircut. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. I am. What a clown Growing that guy hair is. Out. Anybody that comes with the hair like that and then sunglasses on, and like that guy was a total joke. That may not necessarily mean that Eli's done just because that team was a disaster. She didn't remember, they lost their top two wide receivers the first two weeks. But so. he's like 37. Sure. 38. Like, you have to plan for the future a little bit. Yeah, but maybe not this year. So who's the quarterbacks next year? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to look at that. I don't even know. Where's uh Where's Lamar go? That's a great question. I, I I personally think he probably goes early second. Really, early to mid second. Yeah. If you look at the teams that need a quarterback right now, Jets, Cardinals, Broncos. Uh, I I say the Giants, Browns. Tyrod Taylor's not taking you anywhere. Well, that's the other move. So the the Browns brought in Tyrod Taylor, which. I'm not sure what they're doing there. Maybe their plan is draft their quarterback of the future, let Tyrod play, let Tyrod get in there and, and start and let the kids sit and watch. Run around, throw the ball to now Landry <laughs> and Gordon. Yeah. That's not a bad that's not a bad one two punch. No, it's not. Um and if they get Saquon, that's everything's got, pretty much ready to go for your offense except the offensive line and joe thomas may retire and he's their only real offensive lineman so now you're going to put a lot of skill position guys around a the worst offensive line in the league i want to see the browns do well i do too i want to see him be good i every every single year since i've been a kid they've been like completely awful the crazy thing with the browns we've talked about this before like the nfl is built so that you you can make up ground because you get these high-level picks, but they screw them up every year. Yeah. And Even if they don't take a quarterback, the player that they take stinks, and they just screw it up. I don't get it. Well, and that's, why, that's what I said. It depends on what they do at the first part of this draft, who they can get. Uh, me, personally, I would take Saquon and just call it a day. Take Saquon and then worry about your quarterback at four? Yeah, because I think that, that – I think – Darnold is the most pro, like, ready-to-go guy. I really do. His arm is just – I think it's just better than Rosen. We're, and yeah, we're going to disagree on that one. I, I know – Rosen has the best arm in the, I, elite, in the class. I know they have cannons, but I'm saying as far as the throws that they yeah, make. Yeah, I've seen Rosen Like, professional throws. throws. I feel like Darnold – I don't know. All right, we can talk about We're going to talk about – yeah, we're going to talk about that later. So, um, yeah, I don't – anything else you saw on the wire transaction that I missed, Nikki? No. All right. No wire. All right. Let's shift it, baby. Let's go NBA. Allen Iverson in the news. <laughs> so before we get into uh, more serious NBA news, we wanted to start right here with our buddy, AI. So tell the backstory a little bit. So uh, the Sixers played Charlotte. Um, and what's the, what's the lady's name that does the interviews? Oh, I forget her name. I forget her name too. So it's not important. Basically, Mark Zumoff and uh, oh man, I can never Abdenabi. <laughs> I can never, I can never pronounce his name right. So basically, they go into the stands and they they see Allen Iverson at the game and they want to interview Allen Iverson because why wouldn't you want to interview Allen Iverson? The man, the myth himself. Like the answer, just a legend in. Um, just a legend in Philadelphia. Yes. And he's hanging out. He's there at the game. He's got a Yankees hat on. Just, he always you know. does for some reason. It's so weird. So they sit down and ask Allen about they ask Allen about the Sixers and how they look. <laughs> and here's how it went. And what they're showing out here on the floor. I love my guys. I love my little dudes. 
They my little guys. I love them. What brings you to Charlotte? I live here. Okay. I live here. I didn't know that. The more you know. Uh, you know, I was talking to you about the best Philadelphia athlete of all time. You said it wouldn't be you. In terms of where Philadelphia is headed, what, what's going to be the deal breaker for them to make some uh, noise in the playoffs? Um, He's thinking. I would, I would, I would, I would be crazy he would, to he say would, he would. we think we need more. I think we got enough to be um, competitive like we've always been, and um, I just think we have a, we have enough. I think it's our it's it's our time, but I'm gonna believe that anyway, regardless if I think we need more pieces. He kind of, he kind of sounds like my take on uh, the Steelers and the NFL. <laughs> yeah, kind of just yeah, putzing I, around I a think, little. I think uh, we need <laughs> what man. Not really sure, dude. Uh, for AI, first off, we love Allen, but yeah, he was uh, appeared to be uh, intoxicated there. A, a little, think, Nick? a little bit sauced. A little sauced. So, as a reporter, um, you think you think you could kind of get a feel for that prior to putting them right on television? So the question is. But don't do you want that as a reporter? Because no. look, you're going to get so much more coverage. No, but that's putting a guy, that guy in a yeah, bad spot. Well, you know, I'm and Susie. I just want to kiss you. That's the best one of all time. So they, <laughs> I couldn't care less about the team struggling. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Joe Namath. He does a weird thing with his L's. Yeah. I'd like to see the team play. <laughs> yeah, I know. I couldn't struggling. Care. Chad Pennington is a good quarterback, but, but I couldn't care right, less you're about breaking the into, team struggling. You're breaking into some kind of European accent there. But, no, I uh, I think that set the bar. So, Allen might be, like, right underneath that. Well, Allen didn't do anything to seriously embarrass himself like Joe did. No, but the... The every, Joe was. Every time I hear... I've listened to it a couple of times, and every time he says... I love my little love guys. My little dudes. I love my little dudes. Nick was sitting here while we were prepping, my just repeating guys. it. My little guys. They're my, my little dudes. guys. That's the best. That will be another one of Alan's famous interviews. So big, big come up here. Uh, we've been talking about it for weeks, and actually, Prof, it's a reality now. The LeBron James saga. There was a report this week. Here, ready for it? Is it? There's a report this week that he narrowed it down to four teams. Four teams for this offseason. Let me read them to you. Go ahead. Cavaliers, obviously, if he stays. The Lakers, which we knew about. The Rockets, which is a very intriguing one. We're going to talk about the Rockets in a little bit. And those Philadelphia 76ers. Fake news. Fake news. It's real news, no, buddy. No, it's not. It's real news. LeBron came out and said, no, nah, I never did that. Yeah, of course he did. But that doesn't, that's, he has to. So who he has to say that right So now. who leaks something like this? It's it's this is how reporting works these days. Who buddy. reported it? This is uh oh, I I have to pull it up. You're putting oh, me on the spot here. Come on, man. This is real news, buddy. Real all right. news. So those are the four. All right. Even if those are the four, do you? I still think he stays in Cleveland. I tend to agree with that. I think he stays in Cleveland too. But I I really think I'm telling you, man. I we talked about this, and I think it's really true. And it's honestly. His best chance to win a championship in the next two years is with the Sixers, not with the Cavaliers. Uh, he, definitely, it, definitely that. I agree with that a hundred percent. But where does that, where does that put you as far as, um, like the ball ball distribution? Him and Ben being on the floor at the same time, can that happen? Yeah. Do they coexist? Yeah, I don't think it's a problem. No. Nope. 
All right. Um, as long as that's not a problem and Ben's still here, because I want Ben here ben, forever. Yeah, Ben's not going anywhere. He's He wouldn't come to the Sixers without Ben and Joel. That's my point. The reason he wants to come is because of those guys. Ben's going to be here for 15 years. Ben's the centerpiece. Joel also is a centerpiece, but big men don't last as long. He's got the you know injuries and all that stuff. But Ben's the guy. He wouldn't come without Ben, and he wouldn't want to come to to then like supplant Ben. He's coming to enhance. The Lakers thing is um, is interesting. They've done done their own billboard campaign now. If you've seen that, we touched on that for uh, yeah, Philadelphia, LA, last week, Philly. But why would he want to go there other than the than the Hollywood scene. I don't see any other. I don't see a basketball reason for him to go there. To be honest, I mean that's a bad team. They have some young pieces, but LeBron's thirty three, dude. Like he's not going to be playing at this level for another four years. He's got two, maybe three years left, elite. Right. And his physicality is going to start to drop off quickly. So, I mean, to again, I'm I'm going to stress on it. I think his best chance is the Sixers, but that the Rockets is an intriguing one too. How, now. The more important question is, how does he fit with that team and the D'Antoni system? I don't think LeBron's a great fit for the Rockets team, necessarily. No, and there's pieces down there that people said that they wouldn't be a good fit. But I I think anybody with Chris Paul would be a good fit. So he would be in a much different role if Chris Paul's there, obviously. And, of course, Harden. But I think that sets him up for more success as far as getting the ball, scoring points, being the... Having Paul run the offense instead of him always running the offense. Well, the thing about the thing about him going to Houston, which is crazy, is that you know I'm going to give you statistics. Yes. When it comes to yes. when it comes to usage rate, Paul and and Harden on the same team are both in the top five in the league in usage. So I don't know how Where you, you pulled this from, dude. I'm I'm a statistical wizard. <laughs> I don't know how they then translate that to LeBron, who also has a high usage rate. I don't I don't feel like he's a great fit there, personally. I think he they probably would do well. And what it does for them is when you get into situations where you have to grind out half court and not run that D'Antoni 12-second shoot system, it makes them better serve to do that. But personally, I don't know if he's a great fit there. If he was here, the Sixers would be unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, they're instantly the best team in East, like we've talked about. And I'm telling you, this is real. We're going to hear more about this as the season progresses. And depending on how the Sixers do in the playoffs, how the young guys look, Ben and Joel, this is a real thing, man. This is a real thing. He is There's a slot for him here, and if he comes to this team, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, probably maybe the best team in the league. Yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> I think we'll take him. I'll take him. I said last week that I wasn't sure if I wanted that. That was stupid. I mentioned it was stupid. I would take him. I would love to see a couple championships um, and bring some more excitement to Wells Fargo, even though it's it's packed down there anyway. I mean, the, it's a tough the, ticket the now. The people are getting out there. That's good to see. Yep. So another transactional news uh, here in the NBA: Derek Rose signed with the T Wolves. <gasps> yeah, he hasn't played yet. But the thing about this is, you know, who the Timberwolves cult coach is right now? It's Tom Thibodeau, and that's who coached him. Tibbs. Tibbs when he was an MVP in Chicago. The Timber Bulls. Yeah, Timber Bulls. <laughs> that's what we got going on now. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah D Rose. So this I can't is, take credit for Timberbulls. This is, yeah. that was a Twitter. Yeah, okay, Timberbulls. I, I kind of like credit. that. I don't would, take would you put like the um like the little wolf face on the bull? Like give the bull like, no, whiskers? no, no. I would put the wolf with the bull horns. Okay, definitely. Gotcha. That's the way to go. And you make the wolf red. Yeah, it's a new favorite logo. Gotcha. Better than the Raptors. Yeah, <laughs> Raptors. We're gonna talk Raptors. So 
the here's the thing about D Rose and he's done, man. He's done. I, you think so? He's done. Come I on. think I've thought so too. But stop. Can he maybe maybe he finds a role there? He finds a role. I mean, he's not Derrick Rose anymore. Now, he hasn't been Derrick Rose for a couple of years. So he's he's done, man. Like when you talk about him as a role player, that's a nice thing. Warm and fuzzies, fine. He's not Derrick. You don't Rose. think he's going to contribute for the Wolves? We, do you really think that you're going to see him come out and be the MVP again? Oh no, that's never going to happen. Like I don't, I don't see him. What's a success for you, marking Derrick Rose in, in Minnesota? Then get you 15 tonight off the bench. I think that's, I think that's a big success. I mean, that's probably aggressive too. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a huge success, but I don't see that happening at all. I think he maybe gives Jimmy Butler a breather every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what his role I, is. I mean, but. As far as him making some kind of huge comeback, it's not going to happen. He doesn't have any knees. So we're going to talk. We're going to start in the Western Conference of the NBA because of where we're talking about the Timberwolves. And we had two long Western Conference win streaks come to an end this week. The Rockets won 17 straight. That streak was broken in Toronto by the Raptors. And Drake. And Drake. Drake was involved heavily. You know what is a weird thing I saw about that? They're inbounding the ball late, that being the Rockets. <laughs> yes. And Drake is, like, right on top of the he, guy. He was he was actually whispering into – who was it? I forget who was inbounding. I, Trevor Ariza, I think maybe. it was Ariza. He was, like, whispering into his ear. I, I, that, like, literally what, right on the how court. How can they allow that? It's crazy. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's cool. <laughs> and those guys all love Drake, you know. So, like, they're probably not anti-cool with it. But, like, watching a game, I'm like, dude. Yeah, there was probably there was probably a, a meeting in the commissioner's office about that. You think? Like, hey, guys, we can't have that happen. It's anymore. a little much because he was he was part of the entire game, so he did a little speech at halftime, right, about the streaks ending. Yeah, and he's Toronto. basically yeah. coaching the team, like walking up and down. Oh yeah, he's the, the involved, court. man. Like always talking to the opposing bench. Like he's all over Which the place. Which is great for Toronto. It's cool. It's definitely cool. But I, imagine thing, if Will Smith was down there at Wells Fargo doing that. Is that who you would pick for Philly? Will uh, Smith. I mean, he's not cool enough for the NBA guys free Meek, to like but, him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Once Meek gets out, dreams and nightmares. That'll be cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who would you pick for Philly? It's a good question. I think I think Will Smith's up there, Bradley Cooper, but he doesn't have the he's not gonna make a Eve. <laughs> Eve? <laughs> Wait, when the Eve sighting? When's the last time you had an Eve oh sighting? Oh god. That's a huge fan of Eve back in the day. Were you an Eve fan? Um I d I wouldn't classify myself Eve? as an Eve fan. I like Eve. I like DMX. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we're getting into a weird territory. Alright, so who would you pick for Philadelphia? Um I'm going Will Smith. You're going to take Will. I'm a huge Will Smith guy. I just don't know, again, if he's cool enough. Like, Drake is Will so Smith's cool. Will Smith's definitely cool. He's old, though, man. He's like dad cool. These, yeah, these NBA guys don't like that. About his son. No. <laughs> oh, that's – oh, God, no. No. Keep that kid away. So, the Rockets streak ends, and then the Pelicans ran themselves off a nice – Come on, Pelicans. – 10-game win streak. That ended to the Wizards. The interesting thing about – the Pelicans, and we talked about this last week, and it's continuing to happen, is they're winning with Boogie being out. You just wanna you just wanna hate on Boogie. I just like you want have to, to get a dig in every week. I just want to have the people hear how my theory is correct about Boogie and the type of player that the league can't win with now, and it's that ball dominant back to the basket type of big man. It just the league has passed that by. And you see what happens to the Pelicans when Boogie's not on the floor. Anthony Davis has more room to move. Drew Holiday, these guys have more room to spread out, and they won 10 straight games without Boogie. That says that – just wrap it up. That says it in itself. All right, you win, man. 
So, but the question here is, is the Western Conference really that much better than the East now? We just saw those. These are both playoff teams in the West, top four teams, and they had their winning streaks ended by Eastern Conference playoff teams, right? Mm -hmm. Let me read to you the current Western Conference standings. Go ahead. So the Rockets are one right now, and the Warriors are two. Yep. Those two notwithstanding, we know how good they right. are. Three is the Blazers. Four is the Pelicans. The Spurs are five, and the Spurs stink. They are no threat well, at all. Okay, they're, they're I'm, I'm going on a record right now. They're no threat. They're a different team with the missing piece, and they're old. They're 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 no threat. The Timberwolves, the young, the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves. are six. Yeah. But the, now the bottom four are a big cluster. The Thunder and the Clippers are right now sitting at seven and eight. But the Nuggets and Jazz are both tied with man, the Clippers for eight. My Thunder thing is not coming They're through. falling apart, man. They may not even make the playoffs. My, They're only one game right now ahead of those three at the eight seed to not even make it. All right, let's wait for April. Yeah, well, yeah, it's early. But <laughs> but when I run that list down I outside thought, I of— thought they'd be, I thought they'd be at least by, at, I thought they'd be at number four, three right. or four by now. When I run down that list— Without the top two, are you worried about any of those other teams no, in the West? No. So, I mean, when you look at it across the board, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. But then you, you mentioned the top two teams, and they're head and shoulders. They're head and shoulders above everybody else. Okay, they, they lost a game here and there. The Rockets got their streak snapped by Toronto. That's You're allowed to lose a game. Oh, I agree. It's no big deal. But – the, those two teams are head and shoulders above the any team in the East, and that's why everybody says that the West is so much better than the East. But across the board, like if you're if you're looking at spread out throughout every team, yeah, then then the East has nice parity, and it's 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 starting to shape up like the old time NBA where there's other teams involved. That's that's my point. Like for years we talked pre Michael Jordan, right? For years we talked about the West as like the murderer's row, right? When yeah. you would go through the West because it would be you know, the Spurs and the Lakers and uh, the Mavericks and the Kings, right? All these teams were very good, and they'd get in each other's way in the West, and it would be who from the East would make it, like the Nets or just nobodies, right? right. But And then LeBron comes in, and it's always LeBron's team in the East. But, again, it's like the West. They beat themselves up. They're so good. When I look – I mean, look, the Blazers are a nice team. McCollum and uh, – No chance. Uh, the hell's his name? Uh, Lillard, Lillard are a great backcourt. But, like – they're the three seed in the West. They don't. They're nothing to me. They're not that good, my opinion. I just don't. They're not a threat to me at all. And I would take, like, if you ask me in a seven game series, who would I take? The Raptors or the Blazers? I would take the Raptors over the Blazers. Yeah. So now flipping that because you brought up the Raptors with the Rockets, and we talked about this last week, and the Raptors continue to run away with the East. We may see. I think we're going to see a reverse effect of what we talked about last week. What we talked about last week with the Raptors is, is they may go in as the one seed with no pressure, right? Because everybody thinks they're going to lose. But what I think is going to happen now is the flip of that. They're going to go in with a ton of pressure because they're so clearly running away with a regular season that now that hammer is going to get pressed on them even harder about, you guys need to get it done in the postseason. Yeah. I think that's going to weigh them down even more. A lot's changed in a week. Uh, that was a huge win for them, and it kind of brought the atten more attention. Yeah, and, and now... You're hearing so much about – you know that – we talked about this a little bit last week, but Lowry and uh, DeRozan have, like, the worst field goal percentages NBA history for yep. a minimum amount of playoff games played. Yep. Like, they're epically bad in the postseason. They were at the Nova game last night. Yeah, did you see that? Well, yeah. Lowry's a Nova guy. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. It's going to be Will Smith. All right. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I 
it's funny how it changed, how so much has changed in a week because we kind of thought they were going to sneak in under the radar. And they're just kind of pulling ahead right now. And is it sustainable? We'll see. I I like them. I think that I like the I like their chances to come out of the East, uh, just because the way Cleveland's been struggling and how they look. Boston doesn't look great. Ugh. Washington still doesn't have Wall back. The top of the East is a mess. And this is what's going to be interesting about the Eastern Conference playoffs because here's where you see teams like the Heat. I just like that it's unpredictable. Or the Sixers could easily beat like the five six like a five six seven seed in the East could beat a two three four with the way these playoffs are shaping up. It's so nice that it's unpredictable. Yeah, it's good. It's good to not always just know what it's going to be set. Like yeah. hockey's that way. Hockey playoffs are like that. Like the eight seed beats the one all the time. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, it's, it makes it fun. Yeah, that's I, what, that's I agree. What, so we're gonna have that's why you play the games, yeah, Jack. We're gonna have we're gonna have a big week, uh, month coming up here of NBA because it, the playoffs are heating up. There's only about ten regular season games left, so we're getting yeah. there. We are getting there. But let's let's move to uh, to what we're really here to talk about today: Selection Sunday, NCAA March Madness. We're here, baby. CBS. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite uh, play-by-play CBS guy during March Madness? That's a good question. Do you like it? Are you a Nance or? I'm not a big Nance guy. Are you a big Gus Johnson? Love Gus Johnson. Do you? Love Gus. I think he's a little bit too over the over top. Over the top. Gus calls a great game. I'm a big Vern Lundquist Vern guy. Lundquist is a classic. Love I like Vern. Vern. I think great. he's my favorite. I'm going to stick with Gus. I love Gus. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yeah. oh! You don't like, uh, what's his name? Jerry, uh, do you like Jerry? Onions in Manhattan guy? <laughs> not Jerry Raff? Not, not, not a huge fan. He's all right. Is that his name? Jerry Raftery. Yeah, it's not. It's is it Jerry? Raftery. The T is in front of the ER. Is it Jerry? Uh, I don't know his first name. is. No, it's Mike, isn't it? That was Bill. Bill? Richard? Jerry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that out. Yeah, so uh, before we get into the tournament itself, there was some news yesterday that was sort of... Uh, I don't know. It bothered me a little bit. The UConn let go of Kevin Ollie. Did you see that? No. As head coach? No. They fired him yesterday. Former Sixer. Former Sixer. Sixer great. Sixer great. Kevin Ollie <laughs> fired from UConn. Now, they're going after him to say that he was let go with cause. Now, I know that's mostly for the money so they can try not to pay him the rest of his contract. But there was some alleging of uh, some violations that may or may not have been committed. What, which were, is the, why he got what let were the go. alleged violations? They haven't come out with those yet. There's been so much crap, man. There's so much stuff going on with all these violations, and now Sean Miller's back, and Arizona. Nothing ever happened, dude, right? Arizona looks really good too. How it's Bill Raff? It's Bill, Bill Raftery. Raftery, so, yeah. Wow, Jerry. I think I know somebody. I know somebody. So it will be. Sorry. This is crazy. So Arizona won the Pac-12 tournament, right? And they're going in as a top seed. They look really good. How ridiculous would it be if Arizona wins the national championship amidst all the Sean Miller stuff? You know what? If about? that if those stories got out and they weren't true, I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope they do go on a run just to stick it to everybody. Because it goes back to my fake news, man. This, what can you believe anymore? No, I'm with you. I mean, honestly, this is just crazy to me to think about that they could go and win a national championship and then a week later have it vacated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's Take down the banner. Like, yeah, we're seriously at that point here where we're waiting for the shoe to drop on these alleged, you know, uh, wiretaps that they have from the FBI, but yet 
there, Sean Miller's still coaching, and Arizona's still really good. It's not real. It's not real. If it was real, the story would be out. There would be sanctions. He wouldn't be able to coach. Well, the problem is the smoking gun in this case is the wiretaps, and the FBI has an ongoing investigation, so they're not going to break up their ongoing investigation for one guy. They've got a target of allegedly know. 10 to 12 guys. Miller seems pretty confident. Hey, it, here's the thing about it. If he wins a national championship this year and they take it away, when when Memphis when Memphis and Derrick Rose, we talked about Cal last week, when Memphis lost to Kentucky in the national championship game, or I'm sorry, maybe oh, it was Kansas. Sorry, it was Mario Chalmers in Kansas. When Memphis lost to Kansas, they got that vacated because of what happened with Rose and the tests. But we all look back at that year. Did you say that Memphis didn't play in the national championship that year? No, it's stupid. It's stupid. Of course they were there. So getting it vacated doesn't mean dog crap to me. Like they took uh, Reggie. It they goes, took, they it took goes re- against it goes against the coach's record and like. Well, that really it doesn't seem to have hurt Cal. No, I know. <laughs> they took Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy away from him. Well, then who won the Heisman that year? Reggie Bush won the Heisman. Yeah. So I like that stuff to I'd me. I'd be mad if they took my Heisman away. If but if you were Bush, wouldn't you like send it to like Switzerland or somewhere they couldn't get it and just be like no, they can give them a middle finger like you can't get my trophy. They can get it. How? Switzerland, no extradition, bro. Planes. <laughs> no trophy extradition from Switzerland. That's an interesting topic. No, it's it's really stupid. It just sucks that because they do pull your name out of the record books and stuff like that. Like I every once in a while go on Wikipedia, and I see, oh, who won the Heisman in 1982? Is the name going to be there, or is it not going to be there? Well, that's a good question. I'm going to go, I'm look at that. Look that up now. They is, have, if Reggie Bush is on Wikipedia, so, uh, my thing is while you're doing it, and I believe I've seen this, is that they'll still list his name, or they'll say vacated, and then in parentheses they'll have Stupid. like Reggie Bush won it. So to me, it doesn't do anything. But yeah, pretty interesting with the Kevin Ollie stuff and the Arizona stuff. What we wanted to talk about first before we talk about some of the, like, the Arizona teams and your favorite teams or some bubble teams going on here. It's an interesting thing with Oklahoma. So Oklahoma had a rough stretch down uh, the end of the season here, and they got bounced out of the Big 12 tournament quite quickly. So the question is with them, would, do you want to see them in the tournament or not? They're a true bubble team, but they have Trey Young. He's an exciting kid. I personally want to see him in the tournament. I think it's a better tournament if he's in it because I yeah. want to see what he does, right? But they may not make it. I think they're on the outside. I don't in. think they should make it. They're not. They have like 13 losses yeah, or something. Yeah, they're not. They, and they shit their pants in the tournament. Like first round exit. If they maybe won a game or two, they could have pushed themselves in, but they get bounced early. So now he's sitting there. The thing that I heard, though, which is kind of interesting. Would it be better for him if they just get to the NIT? Because then he could probably win that, and then you and know, he'll win the MVP of that tournament. Yeah, and then he can. Why do they even run that? I don't know. I don't. You know, the thing about the NIT is crazy. None of the teams like your your first one or two out on Lenardi's like bracketology ever win the NIT because those teams don't even care. They don't. They didn't want to be there. They thought they were going to the NCAA tournament. Some like fifth place Big Sky Conference team wins the NIT because they're actually like happy to be there. And the other Montana, teams couldn't State. care less. Yeah, exactly. Like the the other teams, like Oklahoma's and stuff, they really couldn't care less. I want to see him in the tournament because I want to see him more in the spotlight. I think that he struggled a lot in the spotlight, and I want to see more of what he is when everybody's watching. Totally him. agree. And you know, but but with the selections, the NCAA's they don't necessarily care about that. I've you know just from not having Ben Simmons in the tournament. Sure, well, LSU had a losing record there. Um, yeah, I know that was tough. But I know, but I think Oklahoma is like very similar to them. They're on the bubble. 
they're definitely on the bubble. So another bubble team here, right? But I want to see them. I want to see them too. I don't think Oklahoma will get in. How about Notre Dame? You think they make it? Coach T is very interested. I say yes for Coach T. I do too, and I think their second win, which Coach T correctly called in the ACC tournament, secured it because the ACC is very good again this year. He called him running out of gas too. And he did against Duke. But I think that second win is going to get them a slot. I think Notre Dame gets in. Again, we'll all find that out tonight in the selection uh, Sunday night going on here. But I, I do think they get in. Some more notables. Nova won the Big East. Xavier got bounced which probably bounces them off the one line, I think. Mm. What do you think? You think they're a, a one or a two? I think who else Who else would you replace them with? That's well, the only thing. Right. So I think they stay a one. I think it – well, here I think what will do it is this. UNC is playing Clemson for the ACC championship tonight, today, and if UNC wins, I think they jump ahead of Xavier. I know. I'm going to let you talk about I UNC, UNC in a so minute. Much. So I think UNC, if they win, will jump ahead, and they'll get the one winning the ACC tournament, and then it would be Nova, UNC, Kansas, and um, who else do they have? Virginia. And Virginia. Virginia's number one overall yet, and Virginia. I think those would be your four. Definitely Virginia. Purdue fell off, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they um, did. But they'll be a, a three-line probably, two or three. Yeah. So Let me just talk quickly about UNC and well, see what everybody feels like. Yeah, let's, because, talk, let's talk about where this came from. All right, so this 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 comes from um, an uh, ongoing argument that sports is more fun and meaningful when it when you are in the territory that that team represents. Does that make sense? Did I explain I, that right? Yes, I'm with you. So I'm following you. So you follow me in other words. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're called the Philadelphia Eagles because they represent Philadelphia. No, you don't have to live in the city limits to be considered from Philadelphia. It's the surrounding areas. Now, there was an argument that went on yesterday, a, a long text conversation, because I hate UNC. I woke up to this. People just... have <laughs> people, whether it's for Michael Jordan, whether it's for their really cool powder blue color uniforms people have just glommed on to unc for years and years and years and people on my facebook feed all day just go tar heels go go tar heels go i can't stand it i really can't stand it why are why is everyone in love with unc what do you what do you think the reason is that they are so i think it's michael them? jordan i think it's they have really cool colors i liked their colors when i was younger i wanted my team to be that that color it was awesome. I liked it. I get it. But now that I've grown up and I'm not a child anymore, I don't root for the same team that I liked when I was six years old. I grow up and I like that. Number one, I went to Temple. I love Temple. That's not to say I can't like St. Joe's. Understand, I, they're a rival. My dad went to St. Joe's. I'm allowed to root for them. I have ties. And if you have ties to other schools, you're allowed to root for them. But where you went to school should be your number one team. Nikki's big on the ties. So I think what happens with North Carolina is along the lines of what you're saying, but it also has to do with their sustained excellence, right? Because people want to root for a winner. You noticed you notice all the young kids right now. Why don't why doesn't everyone love Duke? Well here well, Duke Duke is a Why doesn't everyone love because Kansas? Duke is the big villain. 
right? People love to hate Duke. That's the thing about Duke because they always have Grayson Allen or Christian Leitner or like they always have JJ Redick. They have, you Greg know, Paulus. they have <laughs> Craig Paulus. Wow. Sheldon Williams, yeah, the the landlord, Sheldon Williams. They yeah. always have, they always have these villainous guys who just so happen to be white, which is a whole nother story. Um, but nah, J- J- Jason Williams. Yeah. But he wasn't the big villains are Leitner, Reddick. Now Trajan Allen, Langdon. Always, <laughs> wow. Um, but that's why I think Duke Duke has a a very uh, staunt following, but that's like a small pocket. Whereas UNC is like everybody's darling, right? Everybody loves them. I hate them, and I think it has a lot to do with St. Excellence. Where I would put it is this: every little kid right now who's like ten years old has a Steph Curry jersey on, and they're a Warriors fan. Why? Because they're really good, and little kids want to glom on to your to use your term to the winners because they want to back a winner. Nobody wants to be a fan of the Sixers when they win eleven games. Right, but if you're a little kid in Philly and Steph Curry's the man and the Warriors dominate, then they want a Warriors jersey. They want to be Warriors fans. That's how they got that fan base, and a lot of them have stuck through it because UNC always wins. But just grow out of that, kids. Grow out of that. So there's a reason that the team is called the Philadelphia 76ers. There's the reason they're the Philadelphia Eagles. That's all. We're going to have – we're <laughs> actually going to have, um, and we've sort of teased this, but we're going to have a big fan tie show discussion coming up in a future show that you guys are really going to enjoy. Um, I've got my thoughts on it, and I, I won't ruin them now. We know how – you can clearly see how the profit feels uh, about the cross-sectional fandom and people not don't, being tied. People don't get it. I'm sorry. Hometown. You know, I come, I come across – sometimes I don't ex- express myself, and I don't come out and explain myself well enough if I didn't. Just just text me because I will explain it to you and I will go back and forth and argue with you on the territorial fandom. Yeah. Well, it's important to me. That's all we got, guys. We're going to wrap this up for you today. Um, (laughs) Nick's giving us the hook. Uh, Thanks again, everybody, for listening. I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the video, but I always do remember. All of the uh, content will be timestamped in the description of the video, so you can check that out and go back and see a segment that you like. We're going to call that Nick's rant there at the end, so I'll specifically tag that one for you. But, yeah, that's it, guys. Hey, listen, as always, for the profit, I'm Swags. We really appreciate you guys listening, clicking, subscribing. I was out yesterday at the Country Parade for pre-St. Paddy's Day weekend. Everybody was clicking and subscribing. They were grabbing on the swag. Koozies flying. It was a big big FTH celebration. So, as always, again, appreciate it. If you liked the video, give us a like on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, guys. That's it. For All the right. prof and swags. Peace. Thanks, guys. See ya. So keys and I had no cheese. Cop is locked me 